Welcome to this edition of Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUMHD. This is Ashley Freevert, and I am your host for today's Cause Collective Radio. This show was created to highlight the great work done by many of Lincoln's nonprofits who are members of Cause Collective. To learn more about Cause Collective and how we help our members better serve the community, visit our website at www.causecollectivelincoln.org. While you're there, you can also sign up for this awesome free newsletter to read all about what our members are doing and how you can support them. All you have to do is just click on that community newsletter link under the community outreach button. We have some exciting guests with us today. Um, Today we're talking to Collective Impact Lincoln. We have Alicia Phillips, the Collective Impact Lincoln project manager, and Lizzie Turner, community organizer with Collective Impact Lincoln. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Awesome. Okay, so let's get started just telling us a little bit about the organization, what you do, what your goals are. Yes, of course. So um, Collective Impact Lincoln, our mission is to create lasting, meaningful, resident-led investment and also positive change in our um, core neighborhoods in Lincoln. So we um, do this through canvassing. We go to community events. Um, we also have our community builder workshops and we really want to um, you know, be in community and help our neighbors examine the natural strengths that they're, they have in their neighbor, neighborhoods, but also look at new ways that we can improve our neighborhoods as well. And um, Collective Impact Lincoln uh, is also a partnership between Civic Nebraska and uh, Nebraska Appleseed. And all the work is made possible um, by um, back in 2017, we were the recipient of the Woods Charitable Fund Breakthrough Initiative Grant. So we were able to, um, yeah, start this awesome work in our core um, neighborhoods, um, which include uh, Belmont, Clinton, Everett, Near South, Hartley, and then also University Place. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's really exciting. Those are some fantastic neighborhoods. Uh, they've got wonderful people who live there. And um, it really seems like Collective Impact Lincoln with being somewhat new. Can I can I ask when you when you started? Uh, yeah, um, we started back in 2017. Once we were able to receive that Woods grant. So that grant really was the go. Starting. Time. Yep. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So fairly new and you've all done some amazing work so far. I've heard lots and lots about you. It's wonderful. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about what the programs are and who could qualify for those programs. Yes, of course. So um, Collective Impact Lincoln, we um, really follow, uh, we have four uh, main components to our program. So our first one is um, community engagement and leadership development. So we, um, you know, are intentionally creating engagement through neighborhood uh, leadership programs. We also want to connect those community leaders to, you know, programs, initiatives, or other opportunities um, through um, the deep canvassing. And then um, we also have our neighborhood projects. Um, We uh, just uh, wrapped up our 2022 uh, CIL mini grant. And so um, with those mini grants, um, uh, we are giving out um, funds to create tangible, meaningful change through that resident-led project. Um, Also through action committees. And 
we really just want to support our neighbors in their efforts to improve the quality of place in Lincoln. And then um, our third component is grassroots organizing. So we're connecting with um, our network of residents, community members, city leaders to promote those policy solutions that we know are going to benefit those in our core neighborhoods. And then lastly, um, we have our policy and legal research and advocacy. So we, um, you know, did that deep canvassing initially, and um, we worked to develop a working family policy platform based on the issues that were raised by the community through our deep canvassing. So tell our listeners a little bit about why canvassing and grassroots work is so important to communities. Whoever wants well, to. I can, yeah, I can take this one. Um, so I, we really believe in uh, engaging our neighbors in all of the work we're doing and um, everything we're doing, being led by what we hear from what our neighbors are needing. So being able to uh, constantly be in communication with our neighbors and to hear what's really important to them helps drive the work we do. It helps us connect with people that have exciting projects in mind and help them access the tools to, to do, to bring their vision to life. So it's pulling out those voices and giving them kind of like a, a place to stand and able to connect with other people in their neighborhood. That's, mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I also kind of, I, you, you talked about, you know, mini grants and um, canvassing and uh, advocacy. And I know that for my previous work in community action, it's really important to have the data to back up what the heck you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I and I see there's some, you know, you have an equitable development scorecard, and then you also have an affordable housing coordinated action plan, which we can get into talk about the affordable housing piece of it. Um, could you talk a little bit about that scorecard first and, and what that means and how you use it? Uh, yeah, um, so uh, we just released this scorecard um, back um, a, not too long ago, a few weeks ago. Um, and with the scorecard, we are you know, hoping that this can be a tool used by community members, developers, and also our city officials. And just um, use it as a more uniform way to um, really determine whether or not uh, a development is actually going to benefit our neighbors as opposed to, you know, make the quality of place worse for our neighbors. And so, um, yeah, it's really a, a tool that anybody is welcome to use. And um, it, it helps, you know, um, make a, a more equitable neighborhood and make sure that everybody has access to those resources that they need in our neighborhoods. Awesome, awesome. It is so incredibly, incredibly important for people to have something to back up what they're saying. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. um, now more than ever, um, it might be more important for, um, especially nonprofits um, who use data all the time um, to say that, hey, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're making the world. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's also, it's a good example of why the grassroots uh, canvassing is so important um, and our connections we generally have with our neighborhoods. It came out of a lot of hearing from people like when they'd see new developments, how to judge whether it was helpful or not. Like there's a lot of things to consider and people really needed, were expressing like some guide, that they needed some guidance for evaluating that. And, and that's, that's how it came about. We saw different neighborhood organizations talking about different 
developments and questioning like, well, there, there doesn't seem to be green space or there doesn't seem to be um, affordable units or what does affordable units mean? Uh, when should something get TIF funding, which is, you know, a whole big <laughs> we'll whole another conversation we can spend <laughs> a lot of time on why that's important. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, well, let's talk about affordable housing. Um, let's dive into that a little bit. I mentioned the affordable housing coordination action plan, um, and that is very much tied into the advocacy work as well. Um, could we talk a little bit about affordable housing and what collective impact Lincoln is doing to impact that? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> the Affordable Housing Coordinated Action Plan, such a mouthful, mm -hmm. um, is, is on the city level. So this is something the city had a task force to generate a few years back. Um, we were very involved in driving lots of community comments um, into what they would like to see in the scorecard and were also involved in conversations as they were developing it. So uh, there, were, there were three big policy priorities we were advocating for to be included in it, which we're happy to see have been included. Um, one of those big things that we've been advocating for um, is uh, on a source of income um, and uh, uh, residents not being uh, discriminated against based on their source of income. So unfortunately, we've heard a lot of uh, renters who use housing vouchers, so either like Section 8 from the government or um, from uh, different nonprofit agencies would have a really difficult time getting, um, like finding a place to live that would accept um, that source of income. And we'd, uh, we'd really like to see, we know it would have a huge impact on our neighbors if um, uh, uh, that wasn't uh, discriminated against anymore on, um, in our city so that uh, folks could find uh, housing. We've seen um, at least 20% of local renters with vouchers aren't even able to use them. So people are on a wait list sometimes to get these vouchers for years and then they finally get it and aren't able to find somewhere to use it within, within the allotted time they have. Uh, so that's, that's a policy we'd really like for the city to enact. Awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to experience housing troubles, but it's a whole nother thing to advocate for people who may not have a voice. And, you know, those, there's people out there who don't really understand what affordability is like yours, you know, you know, what, what is that? Um, can you talk a little bit about what affordability is? especially <laughs> pandemic has really changed a lot of things for a lot of people. So could you talk about that a little bit affordability and what that means? Um, yeah. So um, we are still um, trying to work with, um, you know, community partners to still kind of gauge what is affordable. Um, everybody has um, a, a different idea of what is affordable. So there's not like one consistent um, idea of what's affordable at this point. And so um we know that, you know, if our, our neighbors are spending, you know, more than 30% or over a third of their income on rent, we know that, you know, other things, um, other, other things that they need and necessities are going to be put on the, the back burner because of, um, you know, spending a majority of their, their paycheck or whatever funds they have on rent. And so, unfortunately, um, you know, with um, our 
current housing uh, crisis in our city, um, we have already over 21,000 um, Lincoln households that are actually cost burdened by their housing. And so we need to make sure that um, there are rental units, um, especially for households that are making a, a less than $25,000 a year, um, because those are the tenants and individuals and families that are really being the hardest uh, hit by um, you know, the rising rental costs and also the lack of affordable housing. And so, um, yeah, we're still working with community partners really to gauge what is affordable and also what is um, a quality housing because just because something is affordable doesn't mean that it's gonna have you know, all the necessities um, that are needed um, to make a house a home and make, um, you know, uh, make sure that tenants are comfortable in their homes. And so, it's yeah, it's a process, but um, we are still having those conversations and um, also, you know, planning on, you know, speaking more with neighbors to, to get their ideas on what they believe is affordable because we we want to take the lead from our neighbors and, you know, do what's right for them based on what they are telling us. Right. That's, uh, you know, it's a twofold thing. You know, you have um, actual, you know, upfront affordability. It's it's more than 30% of their, of their income. And, and that's just, you know, ballpark, you know, some people could be spending half their income on their rent, mm -hmm. but yeah, when it, when you think about what about the heating and the cooling and what if you, you know, your insulation in the, in the places is not, you know, up to code or, or maybe it is up to code and it's still just, you know, there's all kinds of things that, you know, come into play there. Um, you mentioned resources. So if someone is uh, having difficulty paying their rent, um, you know, maybe because their electricity is so high or, you know, maybe they live in a food desert, which is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> maybe they're having, you know, they have to find a way to get to some food that's quality. Um, yeah. Can you, can you talk about, can you talk about that a little bit or give me an example? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so so one of the things we really wanted to highlight is there's still some emergency rental assistance funds. So that's part of COVID relief from the federal government. A lot of those funds are still available for Lincoln families. So um, if if you've been um, struggling making rent and specifically impacted by COVID-19, which I think most people have at this point in one way or another, um, you can apply for that, and that's at lincoln.ne.gov slash rent, um, or you can call at 402-413-2085. Um, so if, if that's something you're looking for, there is uh, rental assistance available through that. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, tell me about um, community partners that, that might be involved. What are some main partners that you that you work with on this effort? Well, um, we've been working with uh, partners like uh, Community Action, uh, Matt Talbot, um, to name a, a couple, because those are both um, um, organizations that help individuals and tenants um, fill out those applications and also help them get the get the paperwork and documentation that they may need to um, submit. And so um, they have been um, two great um, organizations to refer individuals to just because they um, really have been taking the lead on helping our, our neighbors fill out these applications. Which can be 
extensive. Yes. And documentation can be, you know, hard if you don't, you know, if you, some people don't keep their, a copy of their lease. So it's like, if you're trying to get rental assistance and you don't have a copy of that lease, you know, it might be hard trying to contact a landlord to get that copy of a lease. And so if you're not submitting all the correct documentation, a lot of times, you know, that application will be denied. And so we want to ensure that, you know, um, our, our neighbors know, um, what type, yeah, what type of paperwork they need to bring to submit so that the process goes smoothly for them and so that we can uh, ensure that they get that rental assistance that is needed to keep them in their homes. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, the, so the, the people who are in need of, um, you know, filling out an application or maybe they don't know um, how to access it because maybe they, they don't have a computer, maybe uh, they're sometimes their phone bill um, is a problem. So they maybe can't reach like how they can stop into any of those places, correct? Are they able to just kind of, you know, schedule an appointment, walk in, fill out at that application? Are they also able to contact you all to talk, talk about that and where they can go? Uh, yes, um, we actually um, have a form on um, Civic Nebraska's website. Um, where you can contact Collective Impact Lincoln um, and you can give us an overview of what you're experiencing. And then someone or, or me, I will get um, back to them um, as soon as possible to let them know what resources are available and what resources that I can connect them to. Um, one thing is that we're not a direct service provider, so there's only so much that we can do, but um, we have no problem um, pointing uh, our neighbors in the right direction to make sure that they know where to go um, to get that assistance. That's perfect. You know, it's a lot of times too, it's, it's, you know, hearing someone's voice rather than, you know, going online. And I'm, it's so wonderful that you have both those options for people who, who need to talk to someone. So that's great. Um, so tell me about, you know, we talked about the mini grant recipients. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. I see this thing about upcoming block parties. Yeah. Did you know about these. Tell tell our <laughs> listeners about these block parties. Yeah. So this was um, some of our mini grant recipients applied for some funds for block parties, different community gathering events. Um, some have already passed, but there's a few coming up we wanted to shout out. So in the near south neighborhood, a neighbor is planning a B Street block party. So that'll be on Sunday, June 26th from five to seven on B Street between 17th and 18th. Um, so if you're in the neighborhood and wanna check that out and get to know more of your neighbors and have fun together outdoors, uh, check it out. Um, and another one, this one isn't as much of a block party, but um, there's a queer family potluck picnic. The neighbor has been planning a few of these. So there's been, I think at least two that happened already. And the third and final one um, is Saturday, July 23rd at 1130 at Antelope Park at Shelter. And so when you drive in, it's the one that's right there. So that's specifically for members of the LGBTQ community to come together and gather um, to have a space. Um, a lot of LGBTQ spaces can be on alcohol and maybe aren't family friendly, but this will be really welcoming to families um, and families of all kinds. So like I'm a member of the community and like live with my chosen family. So uh, we might go together as a family, but also kids are welcome. And there's a playground right there. So. That and then, um, 
exciting to hear. <laughs> There's also uh, another block party too at the end of um, June. Um, the Belmont um, or Educare um, Lincoln is going to be throwing a Belmont uh, neighborhood block party um, on the 28th. And it, it will start um, around the time that school ends so that parents can just go from picking up their kiddos at Educare to just going into the activities of the block party. And so they'll have an international DJ that's going to be coming. So the music's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a lot of activities that um, you know are um, geared around nutrition and ensuring that families have the information that they need to um, you know, be able to create those healthy, um, healthy meals on the go because we know families are so busy and it's so easy to skip cooking and go out to eat. And so, we want to make sure that, yeah, families, you know, have the access, have the resources to make sure that, you know, the nutrition in their family is, um, you know, good because you can't really, you know, your brain needs that, that proper nutrition to be able to focus and um, work correctly. And so we want to make sure that we're instilling those, instilling those um, practices um, at an early age so they, um, so kiddos just grow up knowing it and having it ingrained in them. Right. Experiencing those foods. And, and, uh, I mean, it is so easy to, to go out and, and pick something up. And sometimes it's a really cool treat for families as well, but man, there is something that's really cool about, Hey, let's cook this at home or, or let's, you know, this is why we eat a vegetable versus something else. So that's, that's wonderful. And that all happens at these kind of gatherings, which is, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, great. You have another event coming up. Is that correct? Um, looks like sharing stories about the need for affordable housing. When is that? When are people able to do that? Uh, yes, so this is this is calling back to uh, the source of income ordinance that we've been advocating for so that uh, renters who use vouchers can find safe and affordable housing. So we will be at City Council along with some other neighbors on uh, Monday, June 27th um, at five o'clock. So that's when it starts. Um, and then at that particular City Council meeting, there'll be like an open mic time at the end once they're through the agenda. So at that point in the meeting, uh, we'll have some advocates stand up and share about, um, you know, we welcome people to come even just to talk generally about affordable housing, if there's something you want to talk on. But um, if you have used a voucher before and would like to speak on the importance of uh, that being accepted universally here in Lincoln, um, that would be really important for our city council members to hear um, that perspective and we'd love to have you join us there. Um, we'll have a little group sitting together so you'll have some support. Um, and even if you aren't up to testifying, I know it can be scary, especially for the first time, um, you're welcome to just come and sit with us so that we have uh, a showing of support um, on the issues that we're talking about. Excellent. Say one more time when that is what time? Yeah, so that's Monday, June 27th at five o'clock at City Council. 
Um, and if you'd like to, um, if you'd like to join, if you have any questions, if you're maybe thinking about testifying and want a little help preparing for that, you can reach out to us. So um, I'll share my email. So any any purposes and as part of this conversation, listeners are welcome to reach out to me. Uh, my email is l turner at neappleseed.org. So L as in Lizzie Turner at neappleseed.org. Wonderful, wonderful. And I can also um, share my email address as well. So um, yeah, mine is alicia.phillips at civicnebraska.org. So A-L-I-C-I-A dot P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S at civicnebraska.org. So yeah, feel free to reach out to either of us um, with your, your housing questions or if you need help. Um, preparing your testimony, or um, yeah, you just want to, you know, talk some things through, um, feel free to always reach out to us. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for that. Uh, so the last thing I want to ask of you all today is to tell me your favorite story or, uh, you know, something that just really warmed your heart, you know, fed your soul with the work yeah. you're doing. Uh, I have a story that's really related to this. So please, you don't mind, I'll share first. Um, so uh, we were uh, advocating for a bill in uh, the unicameral session this past spring um, for Nebraska to accept a second round of emergency rental assistance from the federal government. So right now Lincoln does have some of those funds um, and we were up for a second round that Nebraska uh, wasn't currently accepting and we heard from advocates that this was something that was still really needed so um, a, a bill was introduced so that Nebraska would accept these funds. Um, uh, I was connected with the community member through one of our community members at Educare uh, that uh, had really been struggling during COVID like it was just it was one obstacle after another she'd experienced and she was really frustrated that the government in Nebraska wasn't taking this money specifically, but also wasn't um, talking about the pandemic as if it was still affecting people. You know, she's still really experiencing the effects and her family is still really experiencing the effects of the pandemic and all the hardship it's caused. And she wanted to share her story to make an impact. She didn't know exactly where to do that. She hadn't um, spoken at a, a, a hearing like that before. Um, but she expressed to uh, someone at Educare that um, she wanted to share a story and she connected with me. And I talked to her a little bit about her experiences and I, I told her about this bill on emergency rental assistance to see if she'd be interested in maybe um, writing a letter or something in support of it. And she was she was like, I will show up and testify. Um, never done it before, but she's just so cool and so brave. And I, I was just so grateful to be able to be there and support her in doing that. I was able to be there the day she testified at the hearing. Um, I think she was the only um, impacted community member who was able to be there at that time. Uh, her story was covered in um, a few news outlets uh, that covered the bill. Uh, and she really left an impact. Even, you know, one of the senators thanked her after, after she shared her story and thanked her for, for being there and showing, showing why this is important, um, hearing, hearing that personal story of, of why 
why we needed to accept these funds. And, um, you know, she's she's still a great advocate, still writing letters on, on things she cares about. And um, I, I love that story because it's such a great example. You know, I was able to be connected with her because of our longstanding relationship with Educare that knew that we did this work. Um, and just to be able to support her in something she already really wanted to do that would have an impact on people across the state. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Alicia, do you have uh, an example, a fun story for us that was heartwarming? Well, really, um, my favorite part uh, so far of, you know, being the program manager of Collective Impact Lincoln has been um, being able to um, provide these mini grants to our, our community members and neighbors. And, you know, there's so many amazing ideas that our neighbors have, and they just don't have access to the funding to get those projects off the ground. And so it's been very heartwarming for me to be able to um, be a part of, you know, helping um, our community members um, fund their projects. And so I'm just really excited to, you know, see um, all the events that haven't happened quite yet um, with the mini grants. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just really been excited about just seeing the ideas that our neighbors have come up with, because a lot of them are something that, you know, I haven't ever thought about. And it's like, wow, that is a really cool idea. And so that's just, that's been my favorite part of um, being the, the program manager is helping fund those community neighborhood projects. That is fantastic. Thank you both so much for sharing those things. Um, anything else before we head out um, that you want to share with the community listening in? Or is there, is there one thing you want everybody to know before we, before we end the show? There is one other thing um, I wanted to make sure folks know about. So we do a lot of housing advocacy, right? Um, and try to increase access to affordable housing. But unfortunately, there are still a lot of neighbors that are facing eviction. Uh, and we wanted to share that there's this really awesome program called the Tenant Assistance Project that represents people down at the courthouse. So we've just been trying to get the word out that if, if you are facing eviction, um, it's, it's really important you go to your hearing, you'll be met there with people who are, are volunteers that can represent you in your hearing. Um, and they've had a tremendous success rate and keeping people housed for longer. So um, if that's something you're experiencing, know that that resource is there. Um, we'd also encourage you to contact legal aid um, as soon as possible if you're if you're facing eviction um, and you can call legal aid at 844-268-5627. Wonderful. So many resources, such <laughs> impactful, like, you know, collective impact Lincoln has in their name. So many wonderful things that you all are doing and, um, yeah, this has been an excellent conversation. I just want to thank you both for what you're doing and for joining Cost Collective Radio today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a great experience. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your experiences and the great work that you're doing. And thank you for listening to Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUMHD, Lincoln's Community Radio. For more information and to listen to this podcast, you can visit www.causecollectivelincoln.org. And you can tune in next week, same time, same place for another episode of Cause Collective Radio. 
and keep listening to KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD. Have a wonderful day.